What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Filipinos of Montreal podcast, Filipino Heritage Month edition. This is Terry. And I'm Shari. And today we'd like to welcome Cheryl Ann Montano. Hey, how's Hi it going, girl? Thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thanks yeah. for having me. How, how have you been? How, how, how have you been keeping yourself balanced over the last few months, it seems? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, balanced. That's, uh, that's a foreign word for me right now. <laughs> yeah, I've been working full-time at the hospital since the pandemic started, and I've been uh, continuing my courses online oh my God. and I'm also part of this uh, initiative in the Filipino community called Kapit Bisig Montreal. Heard of it. So, <laughs> so yes <laughs> I I haven't been practicing much much uh, self-care lately. Mm. Okay I can't wait to hear more about Kapit Bisig but before yeah. jumping into your story um, I like opening with silly questions to open every episode. On today's episode is a would you rather question. So would you rather arrive really early, let's say two hours early to an, to an event or gathering or an hour late? Oh, definitely okay. early. Okay. Yes. <laughs> an hour late and I don't like missing out things. Wait, we're saying an hour late? Yeah, either a couple oh, no. hours early or an hour late. What, what, what would you rather? Which couple hours be? early. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say like I because if it was thirty minutes late, I don't mind. <laughs> but if <laughs> I sound horrible, but I guess the, the better answer is a couple hours early because then I could just like go around right and to... help out, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I have something to share with you guys. Oh, gosh. In my late teens, early 20s, I was notorious for being late. So I really worked on myself. So of mm. course, it's going to be a couple hours early. But before, my friends, <laughs> my colleagues always used to give me like a Terry time, which is say like, hey, Terry, <laughs> the event's at six. But they knew in their head I'd leave at six and arrive there at seven. It's like, oh, my God. But mm. I figured it out, broke that pattern. And like you guys, I'd rather arrive much earlier than late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm much punctual now, <laughs> not to toot my own horn. <laughs> Did they uh, ever ask you if, you know, if you, is it on time or Filipino time? Of course. Ooh. <laughs> of course. I used to be the example of Filipino time, but uh, I'm making it look good now, so. <laughs> Breaking the cycle. Yeah, definitely. Breaking that stereotype. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cheryl, uh, as you probably heard in our previous like episodes, we like to discuss about um, our different upbringings here in Montreal. So for yourself, um, like were you always born here? Um, did you emigrate here? And how was that experience for you? I was born in the Philippines. I moved here when I was 10 years old. So I, I guess what the, I'm what's called a 1.5 gen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And um, how was your experience growing up? Because, you know, at, I feel like at 10, you still kind of remember home and then like yeah. you come to Canada and like you're trying to figure it out how to fit in. Was that something you experienced? I never really questioned my identity. I don't know. That's not something that uh, 
that my parents or my family discussed about. I was just, as soon as we arrived here in Montreal, my mom, my aunts, all they wanted was for us, for me and my sister, to assimilate, to mm. learn French as fast as possible, get good grades. You know, all those questions like who I am, <laughs> of my identity, that's like something that was never discussed in my family, mm. even until today. Yes. And how was that learning French? And like, I'm pretty sure like moving here, <laughs> like, I, well, I hear these stories a lot where um, the snow is always so exciting to experience for the first time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. You know, it was, uh, I was shocked when I first saw it, like most, you know, newcomers. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I stepped outside, I was like, no. <laughs> I hate winter. <laughs> and you I know what? today, I'm not a fan of winter. <laughs> well, I'm born here and I still, I'm not a fan either. So, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, summer weather all year long for me. Please. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of a fall thing. girl. I, I kind of like, you know, a bit of a, a wind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, when were you introduced to the Filipino community here in Montreal? I definitely started thinking about my uh, Filipino identity and um, this is, you know, the issues back home. I reconnected with my Filipino uh, heritage uh, side of my um, identity when I, after I uh, graduated from university. So I had a first degree. I studied uh, nutrition at uh, University of Toronto. After I graduated, after I, graduated, I uh, volunteered uh, in the Philippines. Oh. And that's when I, yeah, I was able to see how dire the situation back home. You know, you always hear this news about how bad it is at home. And then, mm -hmm. oh, it's just like, yeah, it's always been bad. You know, that's what my family used to tell me. It's always been bad. It's none of your business. Let's just focus on our life here, right? You know, we, that's what uh, I was told by my parents. Just focus on your career, focus on your study studies. And yeah, basically just um, don't go back there. <laughs> and so when I announced to them that I was going to volunteer in the Philippines, they were against that. They were angry. They were, because it's... Were it's, you, did you go to the Philippines before that trip? No, it no. was my first time. So no. I wanted to reconnect with my family in the Philippines, but I also wanted to reconnect with my um, roots, mm -hmm. right? And what led you to that? Because you said that you started to question it, um, like after you graduated. Was there, uh, was there an organization where there are a group of people that like uh, inspired you to like uh, see what it's really like in the Philippines? When I graduated, I planned on um, volunteering abroad, but Philippines was not even on my top list. Oh. It was, yeah, I took yeah I took a human rights 
uh, course as an elective in uh, university and you know all I just was just focused on uh, organizations like uh, like the mainstream organizations like the UN the FAO the World Food Program and volunteering in India in Africa but then I came back here in Montreal and my I reconnected with my high school friend who's part of these uh, grassroots Filipino organizations in Montreal and he I learned that's how I learned about these organizations and their amazing work. I learned that they have connections back home in the Philippines. Oh, that's yeah, that's when that's when it all started about three years ago. Three years ago, and and yeah. how how was your trip to the Philippines? It was life changing. It really changed my. Um, my career path. Well, yeah, before I was just focused on getting as much as experience to get to grad school, get to a professional program, you know, to, I was just still following what my parents wanted just to have a stable career. But then after that experience, I, oh, I wanted to do something for my brothers and sisters in the Philippines. I think that's what it means to be a Filipino. For me, it means never forgetting your roots, never forgetting where you come from, never forgetting the reasons why your family moved here in Canada to escape from the abysmal living conditions in the Philippines, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as as a Filipino here in Canada, we're so privileged to be able to express ourselves without without um, fear of persecution or arrest. So our role here in the Filipino diaspora is, I, I see it as to support our brothers and sisters who are struggling to change the situation back home. Yeah, that's how I say it. Our role is to care, to, yeah, to care about them, to give a shit about like mm-hmm. what's happening yeah. back home. Yeah, for sure. I love yeah. that. Was there an event or a moment uh, during your trip that like made that click in your mind? That like, yeah, this is what it is. From from the moment I I opened the window in the airplane and I saw the the squatters, from that moment until the end, until I I left the country, it was all like wow. I grew up there, but I never saw how bad it was. I was a kid, you know, and I never I was. We, we, we weren't rich, but uh, my family always protected us from seeing how, how bad it is. You know, we were protected from that. But um, yeah, well, there were many moments when I, that made me cry and laugh 
when <laughs> I was in the Philippines when I did that volunteer trip. But it was hard to, it was so surreal. Each place that I visited, I visited uh, hospitals in Manila, I visited uh, sugar uh, plantations, so haciendas mm-hmm. in um, Negros. So Negros is in central Philippines, and that's where they grow most of the sugar canes in the country. And most of the sugar cane workers are basically slaves to the landlords. So they earn a a meager, such a meager salary that Mm -hmm. all the kids, all the children in the family are forced to to work. And I, I saw little kids as young as five, six, wielding knives. Wow. And out in the field at like 40, 50 degrees. And wow. it was like, this is, yeah, this is insane. I, these kids should be, I, although I was volunteering at a community health clinic that wasn't funded by the government, I felt so useless. I felt so powerless. I was giving nutrition workshops to these communities where they can't even afford the mm-hmm. food that I was recommending for them to eat. Mm. So it was, wow. but I, this experience was really meant for me to learn about their conditions. It wasn't, I wasn't there to teach them. I was there to learn from them, their living, mm-hmm. their living conditions and how they were, what they were doing to get out of that situation. And unfortunately, um, their efforts, uh, their landlords, they're, they're being attacked for organizing themselves to improve their situation. And, and I was just like, I was really inspired because despite the danger of their work, their they're still continuing the struggles. I never saw that much bravery and they're the reason I I do the work I do today, even though I have my full-time job, my mm-hmm. my studies, my full-time studies, I still try to raise awareness about what's happening back home because it's important. It's supported for our community here to learn about what's happening there wow yeah um first off like i gotta say um your experience in the philippines it's just for me i I find it amazing what you've been able to do what you've been exposed to and i think for a lot of us too you know when we go back and then come you know when we see things we kind of we find ways or we find a reason to reconnect and i'm not sure if i I shared this uh, on the podcast yet but the reason why uh, I wanted to really focus focus on this project last year. It was also because I went to the Philippines in 2019 for the first time in over 20 years. Then I saw it. Then I then I, then I witnessed the poverty. Then I realized, hey, first off, I don't even know the Filipino community in Montreal. But at the same time, I need to find a way to give back to my community. Um, like I went in as a photographer, maybe looking for personal growth in my in my experiences. But then I came back wanting to give back to a whole community and it's like it's so fulfilling i don't know if you feel the same way yes and and like you you know i have i have a nine to five i have different roles 
uh, after work and it's like, but doing this and I tell Shari too, even like we're interviewing 30 people, people don't realize it takes us a time to prepare. It takes us about three hours for interview and we have 30 days in June. I, I tell Shari all the time, every time we meet people, it gives us energy, you know? And it, it makes me happy. Like I'm seeing you smile and when people just, even one person t- tells us, hey, what you're doing, I enjoy it. I, I relate to it. We know we did, we did, we affected at least one person's life. Um, with that said, I'm curious for you, what, what, it, what inspires you on a day-to-day, Cheryl? What, what gives you energy? Our community, seeing, uh, seeing our community come together, mm-hmm. especially during times of need like this, during the pandemic and seeing how we just, yeah, come out and help each other. It's called the Bayanihan spirit. I'm sure you've heard of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what I love about the Filipino culture. Like when I was growing up, I, I, I lived in a small rural village. And whenever there was a typhoon, whenever there was a funeral, you can always count on the whole barangay to show up. Yeah. And it's, yeah. We had another uh, guest, uh, I think it was Phil Penalosa. He also, I think he visited... Uh, during Typhoon Haiyan, and uh, he was so surprised at the strength of the people affected by the typhoon and how they were able to still smile, even through the impact that it had in their lives, you know, so Filipino strength, Filipino mm-hmm. resilience. Wow. Um, at, we opened this episode talking a bit about Kapit Bisik Laban COVID Montreal. Can you talk about that a bit, if you don't mind? So Kapit Bisik Laban COVID is an initiative by um, Anak Bayan Montreal, Pinay Quebec, and Bayan Canada. So its um, its goal is to connect the most vulnerable in the Filipino community to resources. And we provide uh, much needed services to, to them. So to the migrant workers, to the domestic workers. We provide services like help with navigating uh, the different uh, different uh, financial aid programs offered mm-hmm. by the government, and we distribute relief care packages, as well as we uh, a mentorship program for the young ones. So uh, today the kids are stuck at home; they can't go to school. So we provide one-on-one tutoring mm-hmm. every Sunday. And, That's yeah. amazing. That's pretty, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, it's crazy how like, like a, a trip to the Philippines could like really ignite this like fire in, in you and like in us to like, um, to move and to, to take okay. action, right? And, and, um, and like organize the community. Um, and I know you're a member of the Center of uh, for Philippine Concerns. Can you, can you tell us about that and like how how did you get involved and how can others get involved? So Center for Philippine Concerns was uh, one of the organizations that facilitated my trip. They have connections with the grassroots organizations in the Philippines. So that's where we send our volunteers whenever they go on a mission like I did. And so the yes, the goal of um, Center for Philippine Concerns is to strengthen the solidarity between 
Philippine, uh, the people here in Canada and the Philippines. So we have various events throughout the year. We raise awareness about what's happening back home, the human rights violations happening right now. And um, we have uh, volunteer trips. So I highly encourage uh, anyone who has a free time to participate in one of our immersive programs. That's, it's a very trans transformative experience. Oh, and I believe that because I, and you, you guys also have um, like sessions too and like talks and like have like oh, guests yes. come in because I remember I went one about the Lumad schools so, yes. and I, I yes. had no idea what that was and I remember going to it and it was very like eye-opening eye because I you know I came in with no expectations and I and I again I, I didn't know anything that was going on regarding that in the Philippines so I I highly uh encourage everyone to to check those out um uh is there is do you guys have like a site a page that we could direct people to yes it's we have our social media pages on facebook just find us at center for philippine center for philippine concerns as well as instagram and we have a website cap-cpc.org Perfect. And you'll find all the information about the immerse, immersion program Sounds on there. Good. I have one more question, Terry, before we head to the last segment. Oh, okay. Did you, uh, you want to jump in? Yeah, of course. Um, on every episode, we like to highlight the importance of learning from our losses. I'm curious, um, how do you perceive failure and how do you process failure? I had many failures in throughout my academic career but I learned I learned how to deal with them just by remembering who I am and what I do outside of my classes like my volunteer work with Center for Philippine Concerns as well as my relationships like am I I have good nurturing relationships and I'm, yeah, just remember who you are and not let failure, you know, uh, bring you down. I yeah. love that, Cheryl. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I have one last question, Shari. Sorry. Uh, no, because like you gave such a great answer. I want to know what happiness means to you right now at this moment. What, what, what is mm. happiness to you, Cheryl? <laughs> well, you know, despite all the workload that I have, I am always happy because I'm surrounded with people that I care about, like, yeah, who, who help our community and that's all I need, just connection with our, with other people who have the same goal as me. I love your answers. It comes from the soul. I feel it. Like, you know, so... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, okay. it's, it's all yours now, so I... <laughs> well, um, you know, we're nearing the end, but um, what does Filipino Heritage Month mean to you, Cheryl? Well, it means that we, we have to remember our roots, like I said. Yes, we always have to remember it every day, I hope, but it's a time when we should reflect 
and celebrate our identity as Filipinos. So it's a time we can where when we can um, come together as a community and learn from our experience, our experiences here as Filip uh, Filipinos in Canada, but also learn our history in the Philippines. Amazing. And absolutely. <laughs> as Filipinos in Canada, in Montreal, to, yeah, yeah, I think that was very well said. Thank you. Are we, are we ready? I think so. Do you have the buzzer ready, Shari? So Cheryl, we're going to move on to our segment called Fastball Questions. So, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can. Whenever Shari rings the bell, I think she's going to give out a test. We're going to give a test. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what if nope. I don't know the answer? Um, just say pineapples and we'll pass. That's safe. Okay. okay. <laughs> Never comes up to mind. There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay, are we ready? Let's go. Okay, three, two, one. Favorite spot in Montreal? Uh, Mall Royale. Favorite Filipino food? That's tough. Anything with ube. <laughs> Go-to karaoke song? Uh, pass. <laughs> First Tagalog word that comes to mind? Um... <laughs> Kasama. Langonisa or Tocino? Langonisa. Favorite old school jam? I forgot the title. No worries. Pineapple. <laughs> What's on your Netflix right now? Trying to, I'm trying to educate myself on um, the Black Liberation Movement. So nice. different documentaries. The 13th. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Yes. Awesome. And last question. Uh, spell your last name backwards. Oof. O N A T N O M. Yo, she got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Cheryl, uh, thanks for coming on. Before closing out, do you have any shout outs you want to give? Uh, organizations, people, family, friends, anybody? Uh, shout out to my Kasamas at Kapit Bissig. Uh, you guys are amazing. I wouldn't be able to do the work I do without you guys. Love you. <laughs> and how can we? How can we? Can, how can we help uh, the COVID uh, COVID movement here in Montreal? Um, so we have the we have many social media pages. So okay. we have we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. So just yes, connect with us. We're still in need of volunteers and donations. Nice. All right. Thanks again, Cheryl. Really appreciate Thank having you, you on this episode. So on behalf of Filipinos of Montreal, we out.